saints, present and virtual, and those who will listen to this later on. Um, I hope that you guys are doing well, and I hope that you guys are enjoying the, um, the beautiful worship as we worship our great and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, it's beautiful to sing to him. Uh, get ready, because we're going to be doing it for a whole eternity, so start practicing now, and don't worry about your voice. He's not concerned over that. He's concerned over your heart. Uh, so join me um, in worshiping him and glorifying him with the voice or not a voice. He's concerned over a, a whole devoted heart. And so sing as loud as you can right there where you are at home, in the car, uh, in the street, and make Christ known. So let us go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll jump into scripture this morning. Because I'm sure you're hungry for the word, and I'm sure that you've come to gather to hear the voice of God. And uh, that is why we gather, to hear God's counsel, God's voice into our lives, because we need it greatly. Heavenly Father, we uh, gather before you this Lord's Day. We thank you for um, that great miracle. We thank you for uh, your son, Jesus Christ, coming into this world and, and bringing the light of the world, bringing uh, the light of salvation, bringing what we needed, a Savior, a Redeemer. I pray that as we worship you, as we worship uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that our lives will be transformed and that our minds, God, will be stretched, our hearts will be stretched, that we will know you more, love you more. And as we dive into scripture this morning, as always, we depend upon the power of your spirit to lead us and guide us and teach us all truth. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So follow me if you have your Bibles there, and uh, I'm going to be in the book of Luke. Uh, chapter 1, um, and uh, as Shalom read the, that portion this, uh, 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 before she started, uh, I'm going to be focusing on verses 32 and 33, and um, we're going to be talking about making Jesus the subject of our lives, uh, making Jesus the subject. Now, uh, as we look at this, so text, uh, we're going to look at verse 32 to 33, it says, And he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. So as we look at making, the G making Jesus a subject of our lives, you know, if your goal is to make Jesus uh, the reason for the season, as we say, uh, well, that's great, uh, that's noble, and that's the right thing to do. You know, but this morning I want to take that thought of making Jesus the, the reason for the season and stretch it a bit, you know, and, uh, and my desire is for your mind to stretch, your heart to stretch on that, and, uh, and go a little bit more than having a gingerbread house theology. You know, we, we need to go a little bit more than that. You know, though, you know, though it's fun to build and, and, you know, creativity runs wild, you know, after a while, the fun is over and it's covered in so much sweets that you can only take a few bites, you know, and it's overwhelmingly sweet. You know, it's just too much to bear at times. You know, we laugh, we take pictures, and then eventually it all falls apart and we throw away the gingerbread house. You know, a gingerbread theology, gingerbread house theology, you know, it has all the fun, you know, it has all the creativity, uh, the eye-catching uh, sweetness to it. You know, people just like it. You know, but it's not enough to sustain us. You know, that, you know, we, we, it's not, that gingerbread house is not meant to last forever. We know that. You know, so when we, we I want to use that as an, an analogy, a metaphor, to understand that our Christmas story needs to go beyond a gingerbread house theology. It needs to go beyond the cookie cutter stuff. Although, I, although it's great and it's fun, 
But our theology needs to go deeper than that. You know, if Jesus is the subject, you know, well, naturally, he's going to be the reason for every season. And that's why I want to emphasize him being the subject of your life, the subject and the theme of everything that you do and who you are. Naturally, it's going to overflow into him being the reason for every season of your life. You know, we, we need to build upon solid, sound doctrine, not sweet cute jingle theology you know we need to drink the milk of the word you know we need to eat solid substance you know of the word you cannot survive off cute jingles and gingerbread house theology and that's why i want to emphasize that although i love it although i love the jingles i'm a fan even if you're not i can't survive off the little jingles i need more i need the christ i need the living word i need more than just a merry christmas i need to know why it's a merry christmas and so the Christmas story, you know, is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you forget anything that I say, if you remember anything, you know, you might forget a whole lot. But if you remember anything, just remember that, that the gospel, that, that the, the, the Christmas story is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not about you. It's not about your family. It's not about presents. It's not about all the fun creativity. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about just one day. It's about the person that was born on that day. It's not even about his relatives. It's about Jesus Christ. It's not about anybody. It's not even about your testimony. It's about Jesus Christ. The gospel is about Jesus. Christmas is all about the gospel. And specifically, the incarnation. You know, one part of the whole story, the day that God took human form and became the God-man. All divine, all human. The pre-existent God became the incarnate God, who is the glorified God. Eternal, he's beautiful, he is the image of the invisible God, scripture says. Worthy of more than cute jingles. Isaiah the prophet, understanding this a lot more than us, you know, he points to that glorious day. In Isaiah 9, 6, and he says, For a child will be born unto us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor. It will be a Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah was not talking about a cookie-cutter God, right? People had all these type of gods back then. Gods have always existed, lowercase g, right? They have always been around. Isaiah was talking about the God. He was talking about the savior of the world coming he was talking about a majestic glorious savior who would fulfill and satisfy not patch up you know but he would deal with the issue of sin he was going to come and not and not put a band-aid over the wound he was going to heal the wound he was going to deal with the problem you know, Scripture says in the verses that we read right there in Luke 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 32, that he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Luke narrates, you know, what the angel Gabriel was telling Mary, this powerful statement of truth. Don't be afraid, he says. You know, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You know, you will conceive it in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus you know and this Jesus he will be great let those words resonate in your mind that Jesus is a great God that he will be great 
You know, there will be no man like him. Only he will be that great. You know, there will be no son like him. There will be no other friend like him. No other brother like him. No other teacher like him. No other God like him. He will be great. He is greatness, we can say. The Son of the Most High has come. The great Savior has come to save great sinners. He has come into the world for a great purpose. You know, without this great miracle, we would have no atonement. You know, sin would still be on us. You know, we would be lost in our trespasses and sins. We would have no mediator nor any hope. He truly is great when we look at this. When we understand what he fulfilled, what he satisfied, what he did, who he is, he truly is great. What the angel was telling Mary was a declaration of truth that Christ the Lord, that the Son of the Most High God, He will be great. No other person has that title of greatness, but only Him alone. The incarnate God, He is great. The Son of the Most High has been given the throne, therefore He is King. He who sits in the throne is the King of Kings. It's not uh, somebody else, but it's Him alone at the throne. He will reign, it says, over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. You know, many kings came and went. Many kings ruled God's people. Some were righteous, you know, and many were wicked. But all had a limited reign, limited time, and limited power. All the kings we see in Scripture, you know, whether they, whether they served God uh, or whether they did not, whether they followed the way of their fathers, whether they didn't, you know, what we see is limited reign, limited time, and limited power. Our king is not limited to that. Our king is eternally and forevermore on the throne. Only Jesus, he took human form. Our king came to us. He took human form. He is the incarnate God, and he is the king of glory. He will reign forevermore. His kingdom will have no end. Everlasting king with an everlasting kingdom. This is our king, you know, and we are his people. He will be great and he will reign. Let that resonate that he will be great. He will reign. That what the angel was telling Mary is something we need to understand that we have a great God who reigns forevermore. You know, it's not a temporary reign. It's an everlasting reign. It's not temporary greatness. It's an everlasting greatness. And we need to understand that as we look at the as we look at the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is why we can trust the gospel. That is why we can rest upon the gospel because we have a great God, not a little God, not a God created by man. We have the infinite, all-knowing, sustaining God. He who brought everything into existence. That's the God we serve. The incarnate God. Not man going to God, but the God who came to us. You know, and that's what it's all about, anointing him. You know, the, the, the king came as a lamb. You know, let, let, me, let me portray this to you. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist said. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, the King came as a Lamb. He is the reason we can sing, that we can dance, that we can enjoy great times, you know, with family and friends. The Lamb gave us a Merry Christmas. This gift came packaged as a lamb, more than happy holidays. You know, this, this, this lamb is worthy of more than cute jingles. 
You know, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessings. One day in history, God came to us. One day the Lamb of God was born in a manger. You know, he who fulfilled perfectly the office of prophet, priest, and king. He is our prophet. He is the word that we listen to. He is the very word of God. He is God's word. He is the priest. Without him, we have no atonement. We don't have the sacrifice. We don't have anything. You know, he is the king of glory, and we serve him. He became a curse that we could become a blessing, says scripture. That means that he bore our sins on the cross, and he was raised for your justification. You know, this is why it's a Merry Christmas. You know, you, know, you remove Christ and you remove the gospel story, and there is no more Merry Christmas. It's no longer Merry, it's just Happy Holidays. And that's what the world wants. It wants to remove that story. But without the story, there is no Christmas. Understand this. That's why we say, worthy is the Lamb. He is great. He reigns now. You know, worthy is the Savior of the world. He is great, and He reigns now. You know, it's a Merry Christmas because Christ came and gave it all. That's why it's a Merry Christmas. It's a Merry Christmas because the Messiah has made His appearance, and His kingdom has been inaugurated. He came as a baby and ascended as a king above every king. You know, he, His first entrance into this world was as a lamb. His second coming is going to be King Jesus ripping through the clouds to fulfill what he has promised. So keep watching. You know, our king is not slow as some count, you know, but he is patient. And it is the kindness of God that is leading people into repentance to believe and accept this Christmas story. You know, the scripture teaches us this, that one day every knee will bow whether voluntary or involuntary the day is going to come when everybody will bow their knee to this king jesus to this lamb every tongue will confess that jesus is lord the day will come when everybody and, and, and all this is unraveled in the christmas story this grand subject of jesus should consume our lives this ought to be consuming us day and night. You know, it, it, it's, it's not just for a season, but it, 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 he's got to be more than that. He has to be the subject of our lives. He's just, he's much more than a reason, right? He's a person, and we need to make him the subject of our lives. You know, Jesus is more than a reason. Understand this. You know, Jesus is the Savior of the world. For those who will believe, Jesus is the light of men, of those who have placed their faith and trust upon Jesus Christ. We need to be grateful, we need to be giving, and we should be merry. Because we understand why the incarnate God came. He came to give us life, an abundant life. When we look at scripture, and we look at the text of this, that he will be great, and he will reign. That ought to bring a sense of joy into our lives. That ought to make us understand, uh, you know, that we serve a great God, a powerful God. Not a cookie cutter God, not a jingle theology God, not a gingerbread house theology. That doesn't, that doesn't last. That only lasts for a month, if that, or less. We serve an all-knowing God, all-powerful, all-loving God. We serve the infinite, creating God who came to us to give us life who came to deal with the problem that man couldn't deal with called sin. The lamb that was slain, worthy is he, for only he has done the work. 
The gospel of the Messiah, you know, is more than a watered-down gingerbread theology. It's all about the pre-existent God, the incarnate God, and the glorified God. Let me tell you again. It's all about the pre-existing eternal God. He has always been. Before Abraham was, I am, he says. You know, not only that, he is the God who came to us. It says in John, it says that, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He tabernacled among us. He is the tabernacle. He is all about the temple. It's everything is fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And he is the God who came to us. And not only that, he ascended on high. He, was, he did not stay dead in a tomb. He, he resurrected and he's been glorified and he is the king of glory. May the good news of Jesus Christ be the content of your life. May the good news of Jesus Christ be, be all, be, the, be, be what shapes our life. We ought to be shaped by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus is worthy of more than a season in your life. Jesus is worthy of much more. When you look at this text, that worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power. He was slain to receive riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy is the lamb. The incarnate God is the lamb. And worthy is he because without that lamb, we would be lost. We would not have atonement. We would not have propitiation. We would be stained with sin. But because of the Lamb, it's a Merry Christmas. Because, because one day He came to us, we can celebrate, we can sing, we can laugh, we can, we can have great time because we know why we're celebrating, that one day the incarnate God made Himself known to us. Make Jesus a subject of your life. Make Him. The best thing that you can do is day after day, make them the subject, the content, the theme, the reason. Make them everything of your life because he's worthy of it. Because he is our God. He is our great God who reigns forevermore. Allow me to finish with this thought from, uh, from the Valley of Visions. Uh, from the Valley of Vision, I'm sorry. And it's called uh, The Gift of Gifts. And it reads like this. It's a, a Puritan devotion. It reads like this. O source of all good, what shall I render to thee for the gift of gifts? Thine own dear son, begotten, not created, my redeemer, proxy, surety, substitute, his self-emptying, incomprehensible, his infinity of love beyond the heart's grasp. Herein is wonder of wonders. He came below to raise me above was born like me that I might become like him. Herein is love. When I cannot rise to him, he draws near on wings of grace to raise me to himself. Herein is power. When deity and humanity were infinitely apart, he united them in indissoluble unity, the uncreated and the created. Herein is wisdom. When I was undone with no will to return to him and no intellect to devise recovery, he came, God incarnate, to save me to the uttermost. As man to die my death, to shed satisfying blood on my behalf, to work out a perfect righteousness for me. O oh God, take me in spirit 
to the watchful shepherds and enlarge my mind. Let me hear good tidings of great joy and hearing, believe, rejoice, praise, adore. My conscience bathed in an ocean of repose. My eyes uplifted to a reconciled father. Place me with an ox, camel, goat to look with them upon the Redeemer's face. And in him account myself delivered from sin. Let me with Simeon clasp the newborn child to my heart. Embrace him with undying faith, exulting that he is mine and I am his. In him thou hast given me so much that heaven can give no more. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, gather before you again this Lord's Day. And as we approach your throne of grace, God, I thank you for the gift of gifts. We thank you for your son coming to this world. We thank you as we remember uh, during this time that great miracle that brought us the Lamb of God that came and dealt with the problem of sin and not only stayed on the cross or in a tomb, but resurrected for our justification. We praise you for you are worthy. Help us understand, Lord, the, the, the greatness of, of, this, of this great advent, Lord. Help us understand the nativity. Help us understand, Lord, what it means to say Merry Christmas, what it means to have a Merry Christmas. I pray that you will enlarge our minds and hearts and that our theology will only deepen and that it will only get greater as we know you more and we understand you more. And let us be merry. Let us be happy. Let us be joyful for the Savior of the world has come. And for that, we rejoice and we are thankful. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, God bless you all and I love you all. And uh, I wish you all a uh, Merry Christmas. And I hope that you guys uh, enjoy your time with your friends, family, uh, by yourselves. Um, with your dogs, um, whatever you do on Christmas. Um, so I, I pray that you have a, a wonderful time. And, and as, as uh, during this week, I just encourage you to read through the Gospels if you can. Well, I'm sure you can. You have a lot of time. So I, I, I encourage you and I exhort you and I beseech you, open up the Gospels and just read through it. Read the first couple chapters and, uh, and just see the, the Christmas story unfold before your very eyes. And as you celebrate, uh, just make him the subject of your lives, the theme of your lives, and worship him. Remember this, that he is worthy of much more than a season. Make him the subject of your lives. God bless you. Love you all. And I'll see you midweek. Thank you.